Hey guys, Naughty here. In this episode, I interview Andre, all the way from Australia. That's right, this super sweet and sexy man hails from Down Under. He shares an inspiring story about his religious upbringing that led to him living a life in the closet till he was 40 years old. He talks about his marriage, his fear of losing his family, including his kids if he came out, how he became suicidal, and what led him to finally come out to his wife and the rest of his family. Now out at 45, he shares what it's like to live out and proud on the other side, and he uses his story to encourage other closeted men to accept themselves and come out of the closet. He shares his first time experimenting sexually with a guy, what his sex life has been like since coming out, and the best sex he's ever had, which surprised even me. And then he allows me to recreate this experience, inserting myself, of course, which ends in him blowing a nice big load. He was shy at first, but after some reassurance, he was game. He gave me permission to share this video on the condition that I disguised his voice and blurred his face. And the video is available only to my third tier Patreon members. Just send me a Patreon message with the words, Andre Video. But whether you're a first, second, or third tier patron, you can listen to this episode right now on my Patreon. Just send me a Patreon message with the word Andre. Everybody else has to wait till Monday. And without further ado, here's the interview. This is one that I've been trying to do forever um, with this guest. And it's been difficult because, well, he's an Aussie. He's an Australia. And so we've been trying to work it out with the time zones. Um, he, we met a while ago on an online platform uh, in its early days. And, you know, he told me a a little bit about his, his life and his story. And he's got a very, uh, informative and, uh, sexy story to share. And so we, we both agreed that it would be, um, a great opportunity to have him on. So, and like I said, he's an Aussie. So, um, I'm extra glad to have him on here because I've been wanting to take, uh, this podcast international. I mean, it has been international, but I wanted to get more international guests. And I'm also super glad to have him on here because guys, I know you can't see him, but he is hot. Oh my gosh. The beautiful, beautiful black hair, black, perfectly manicured beard, those smoldering dark eyes. And from what I can tell, kind of olive tone, he just, just absolute gorgeous. So anyway, so we're excited. So without further ado, here is Andre. Andre, how you doing, man? Good, mate. How are you? Uh, good, good. Doesn't he sound sexy, guys? Like, good, mate. I love it. It's not. It's not just the accent. Um, I'm good. I'm normally good with accents, but an Australian accent, and of course, you guys have several. But oof, it's like a uh, British and Southern American all rolled into one. I won't. I'll try not to do it. But um, but thank you for doing this, man. Uh, I'm really great to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me, mate. Not a problem. Yeah. So usually, you know, we, uh, I'll ask the guys, okay, Ooh, tell me a sexy story or tell me about, um, a fantasy or confession. But, um, I mean, you have quite the origin story, I would say. And so, um, just let's let the listeners learn a little, a little bit about you. So where are you from and what, well, we know you're from Australia, but you know, give you know, just tell us your background and, uh, what it was like growing up in Australia and how your sexual orientation and sexuality and, uh, in, and affected that. So, yeah, I'm I'm Australian and I come from a Lebanese uh, heritage, cultural background. My grandparents migrated from Lebanon, I think it was in the 1950s. Um, so, born and bred in Sydney and um, I, I've, I come from a very, very like religious Catholic background. Uh, my my family, my parents are, are very religious, and 
I I grew up a, a very happy and uh, you know ordinary kind of life. Uh, um, growing up throughout the years, like it, I always felt that there was something different. But obviously, I also grew up at a time where you know there was no internet and there was nothing really to indicate or to be able to relate those feelings to because there was really nothing that was gay that was out there um, in society that that I could kind of connect with and say, hey, this is what this is what feels right. This is what I think I am. So, and can I ask you? Um, is it common to have? Is it common to have? Uh, Catholic Lebanese. Uh, I've just not, I've never heard the two put together. Is it common in what sense? What, what, what do you mean? I guess I should say I, I've known um, a few Lebanese people, but um, as far as religion was concerned, I don't like I, I just didn't associate it with Catholicism. I just didn't know if that was common or the norm or more rare as far as religion when it comes to Lebanon. Uh, well, no, Lebanese people are... Um, in Lebanon itself, the situation is a little bit different. But for, for the majority of Lebanese people around the world, the, the majority are actually Christian. And um, majority of Lebanese people uh, that are Christian are generally Catholic. Wow, um, okay. Yeah, so a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people think Lebanon, Middle East, Mediterranean, like they think um, they associate it with the religion of Islam. Um, so they generally think majority of people are normally Muslim of the Islamic faith, but um, but um, outside of Lebanon, there are five times more Lebanese outside of Lebanon than what there are in Lebanon itself, and the majority of of the population are actually um, Christian. Yep. Wow. Cool. Okay. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, I was just curious. Yeah. No. No. You're right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so brought, brought up in a very, um, very religious kind of a family, and um, they, they were never the type that that you know were homophobic or, or verbally would verbalise anything, or you know they were never the type that would say, oh, you know, these people are going to hell or anything like that. Not down those lines, not that, not that bad. But but you kind of grew up knowing that you know, it is wrong. You kind of grew up knowing that it's not accepted. It's not, um, you know, it's not normal, so to speak, and and all that kind of stuff. So the older, you know, as you grow up and, and the older you get, you start, uh, you know, kind of um, denying the feelings and, and not wanting to um, really face up to it because you, you know that, hang on, what I'm feeling is against what my family have kind of, taught me in a way and what I've grown up with, be it because of um, my religious beliefs, be it because of cultural or also society in itself. Um, so you you live in denial and you you, you kind of want to be like the rest of the, the males in your family, be it your siblings or be it your cousins. And, you know, you want to be like them and you want to act like them and you want to, you know, just fit in and nobody you don't want anybody to notice anything any different pretty right much. right um yeah so yeah you grow up and you you or you're you convince yourself to the point where you you don't recognize who you are anymore because you truly believe that the lie so to speak if i want to call it that i mean it's not that you're lying because you want to lie it's because you don't even recognize who you are yourself and 
you're, you're almost numb, if anything, really, most of your life growing up because um, you're being, you're not your authentic self. At the end of the day, there's something missing. A, a, a really important part of you is missing. It's just not there. Yeah, and, um, you know that they have that similar um, in the in the United States. Um, you know that happens a lot where um, you know that's where kind of the down low came from. I don't know if you're familiar with that that term, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that term I believe was more focused or um, birthed out of um, the black community, but it's something that um, it's that it's that same thing where you know. Oftentimes, like I've talked with, you know, many black guys who are on the DL and they say, well, you know, I'm not gay. I just kick it with with guys or I'm not gay. We just fuck or whatever. And like and and they truly and, you know, now we're in an age where, I mean, you can define yourself however you want. So but back then, I mean, it, it wasn't so much as this is how I am and I'm just this way. They It was a it was basically like you said, like they 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 had to find a way to mentally make it okay for them to either do what they did or not do anything at all and just create some some other identity because they just could not deal with that truth so i know it's a little different because you're not necessarily talking about acting on those feelings but just that it's kind of like the same it sounds very similar oh look and it is i mean obviously we've all got um every gay person has got their own journey and their own story but there are a lot of similarities it doesn't matter which gay person you speak to around the world. It's just, there's a lot that you can connect with and you can relate to, um, although we're on different paths and, and you know have different reasons and all that kind of stuff. But th- there are a lot of similarities at the same time. So I, I kind of I understand what you're saying. And um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. No, and that's my fault. Um, but you were talking about you know as you. You get to a point where you just kind of you you don't you just believe this lie and you you know yeah yeah you totally do you just you believe the lie so much that it becomes more truth than what the the truth is and you just go along in life and growing up trying to be the person that everybody else expects you to be and um and and accepts you to be also so they that you're more you know you feel it you know that this is what you're going to be accepted as you know rather than being your true self and so that's why you go along that journey and and you just um in my case for example obviously I, i you know got to that point where in my later teenage years where where when i met my ex-wife and and, uh, you know, I loved her and I, I thought, well, wow, this is amazing. You know, this, um, obviously I'm straight and, and all that stuff. And, and, um, and, and life was amazing. And, and I, um, ended up, you know, I'm excited because I'm thinking, oh, clearly those feelings were wrong or everything right. that I thought throughout my years. And, right. um, yeah. And so you met your wife when you were in your teens? Uh, well, 19. Yeah. And so be- nearly 20. And so yeah. before that time, had you ever explored? So you had never explored with any guys. You had never done anything with any guys. No. Um, I mean, no. Now, I know you were talking about like the Internet really wasn't a thing like that back then. But were there ever images or anything that you saw that made you kind of, you know, like, you know, made you want to masturbate or did you masturbate thinking about? Uh, did you ever masturbate thinking about guys or did you just kind of really 
stuff that all in the in the um in the closet and before you answer that and also um when you said that you noticed that you felt something was off or not the same i mean was it did you get a boner that 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 responded to that was responding to a male or was it just you know i like johnny i mean like you know well this this is the thing this is where there's a lot of confusion um when i think back to those times i, I mean i remember clearly as a really young teenager you know like 15 and around those kind of ages i remember i used to get busted by my cousins and 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 my brothers being in a news agency and going through porn magazines because there was no other way to look at porn and so i'd look at images and all the magazines in those days they were all heterosexual you know straight couples and all that kind of stuff well and Um, i'm sorry when you say uh, you said a news a news station uh, a news a news agency, so news agencies where they sold like magazines and newspapers and 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 things like that. So okay. uh, you know, uh, yeah. So they'd have the magazines that were for sale on on display and, and stuff like that. So I'd I'd pick up the the um the you know the porn adult ones and then I'd kind of flick through them and I and I remember I'd get aroused, but I never knew what was arousing me whether it was the male, um. Or the or the female. I, I I honestly never knew. I just didn't. Um, I didn't know. All I knew was those images were arousing me. But now looking back, because I've been able to reflect and I've been able to, you know, I've had the time to really go over my life and and and, and like I said, reflect on everything. And now it all kind of makes sense. And only in recent times things have, have become a lot more clearer to me. That at those times, I, I, obviously, it was the male that was that was arousing me, and I. Uh, but because of the confusion and the denial and the and, and, and society that we were living in, and mm-hmm. the way I was brought up, um, I didn't freely allow myself to believe it. So, um, so they were the first signs for me. Looking back now, they were the first signs, but I didn't recognize them at the time. I got to say, I had a similar experience myself. Um, experiences like I remember being young, like before teen and being a teenager, like being super young and like watching, sneaking in, like to watch, like you know, because I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit younger, not much younger, but um, we, we you know we had the cable and like there would be the porn channels and like when my dad was at work and and it was the summertime, you know, I I. And I was there alone. I was like, okay, I'm looking at this, these images. I, they're both, you know, it's, it's hot, but I'm like, what is it that's arousing me? Because why do I have guys that are favorites or like ones where I'm like, oh, I want to see this one with this guy, you know, or why do I have certain angles where you see his ass and his balls as he's, you know, and his asshole as he's fucking, you know what I'm saying? So I had those similar kind of thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And you just reminded me of the, um, when those, um, you know, pay TV channels started coming in. And I was in my early 20s at, at then. And, and I, you know, I was already married at that point. And, and I remember, you know, wanting to log into the, the porn channels, but I was always too scared to. And I thought, oh, I, I better not. I mean, although they were just straight porn, it wasn't, <laughs> there was no gay porn. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there was always a fear of, of, exploring them and looking, you know, I, I just didn't want to go there. It was almost like, yeah, yeah, just, just didn't want to go there. And, and, and you said it was I, pay TV. Is that what you call? Cause I'm thinking yeah, it's like what we call yeah. pay-per-view here. 
pretty much kind of a thing. The, the, the early days of um, like Foxtel TV and all that kind of stuff. So before, okay. obviously way before Netflix and, 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 and all these kind of channels, you know, um, things that we've got now. I mean, the, the right. times have changed. But right. Yeah. Um, so there weren't many options really um, in those days. So, so yeah, um, that, that in my earlier years, pretty much that, that used to happen a lot. That was a, a common thing for me where I could always go past the, a news agency and, and, and have a, have a bit of a sneak peek through magazines and have a look and, and get aroused and not knowing what the hell's going on. But then fast forward so many years, I, I like I said, I, I met my ex-wife and, and, um, Oh I, wait, can I tell you I something? Fell in love and, yeah. And there are, there are a ton of guys out there that know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know if it's just an American thing or what, but like when you're, when I was young and I had a TV in my room, they had the they had the um the porn channel, but you couldn't see it. The whole everything was scrambled, right? It was just like all scrambled, and it was like, but all, but you could hear the sounds of, of, but but everything was like scrambled because you didn't have it. And so I would be constantly looking through all the like discolored scrambles to see if I could see like a tit or like a you know or a, or a, an ass or something, yeah. like just anything, yeah. and you, and I never could. But anyway, I'm sorry. So later on, you met your and you met your wife, and you, so. And you got married, so I'm sorry. You fell in love. That's what you were saying. You said you fell in love. Well, well. So I thought I did at the time. I, I thought I was in love, but it, you know, I didn't realize. You know, until now, after I, you know, when I came out, is is um that the the in love that I thought I was at the time was not the love that a man could really love a woman, a heterosexual man. It, I thought it was. I thought that's how much love was. Um, so for me, that was like, wow. And it was a it was a wow factor because it was like, wow, this love is amazing. But only when I look back now, I realise that, hang on, I did not, I was not in love with her the way a heterosexual man can be in love with a woman. But it only all makes sense to me now. Everything's kind of... Um, only started making sense to me ever since I've come out and started to heal and, 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 and to reflect. And, and I've gone over things millions of times now throughout my past that now it all makes sense. And now I could be more honest about it and say it for what it was. Because if somebody had asked me certain questions only five years ago, well, the answers would have been completely different because I hadn't even found myself at that point. So let um, me ask you, so in your marriage, I mean, were you able to, I mean, you say you're, you're gay, you're not bi. I mean, were you able to sexually perform with her? Were you able to get it up and totally. then keep it up? Totally. Yeah. Especially the um, earlier years. Uh, it was, yeah, normal, nonstop. It was, it was, yeah. There, I mean, there were times three, four times a day. I mean, it, it, you know, the, the earlier years and then, and then throughout the years, obviously like any, any couple, that have children, you know, you're, you're always tired and you're, you're caught up with kids and just the normal things that happen in life when you've got a family. Um, so it wasn't the fact that because of my sexuality, things would kind of slow down. It was just because of life in itself and, and being so busy. And But, yeah, I had no problem at all. It was my, my problems performing started more in my 30s to be honest um so why do you think when that's when what i'm sorry no go ahead that's when what no that that's when i 
started realizing more and more and it was surfacing more and more. And obviously, times have changed and technology and there are a lot more gay people on TV and a lot more, um, you know, where I could relate and it would trigger something and it would always, uh, you know, kind of remind me a lot more often of Mm -hmm. these are my deep um, feelings that I've buried since my childhood, but they would um, surface a lot more because there were many ways to remind me of it a lot more because because of technology and because of the way things had changed uh, over the years and and like I said like you turn the TV on I mean there's no show these days where you turn on and there's always some couple some gay couple in right, it now yeah. be it a, a reality TV show or whatever it is so it's everywhere <laughs> it started it pretty much so it started it would trigger those feelings and those um, the, the, all these things that I've buried for so long, so more and more, and I wasn't able to suppress like I did my entire life since my childhood. Uh, it was surfacing a lot more, and, and it was hurting me a lot more, and I was feeling that um, I was always starting to feel down and, and depressed, and and um, and and that's when. I wouldn't be able to perform and I'd make excuses and it would start, it started spiraling from there. And, and then she would feel that I'm distant at times, but then I was a mess myself because I'm starting to realize more and more, hang on, is this me? Am am I gay? Were those feelings since my childhood, were they real? Is it, did I, did I really hide it all those years? And, and, you know, you question everything and it just kind of starts all coming together. But these things don't happen overnight. Right. And I was going to ask yeah. you, do you feel like your sexual orientation was a, or as you, if you want to call it, your sexuality was something that evolved over time or something that was already there and you were just masking? Because it sounds like it was kind of like an evolution because I would be wondering, you know, if you, if you feel like if at a certain point you say, oh, okay, I'm gay. How had you ever asked yourself, well, how was I able to perform how was I able? Because I've known some gays that were like, as soon as they see in the vagina, they're like, "Ill, I can't, I, I just, I can never," you know. Um, so, did you think about that? And do you think it, you're, it's been an evolution, or do you think what? What do you think about that? Look, I, I, I'm a person that believes you're born this way, um, uh-huh. but I also do believe, depending on the environment you're brought up in, the the, the family you're you're brought up with religious beliefs, cultural beliefs. There, there's a mixture of things that ca- can have an effect and that could um, literally mould you almost into into something else. And um, not that it could change you because you can never change. It's, it's, it's no different to us. You know, if we're able to change our race and skin colour, we'd be able to change our sexuality. So it's no different to that. And for me, you almost kind of believe that you're not something, but but at the end of the day, there's only so much. And obviously, as individuals, we're all different. And there are people that could take it to the grave and there are people that could be in denial till they're 70, 80, and 90. I've seen that many times. We're all different and we're all made differently. But I do believe you're born that way. I do believe it's always been that way. And I do believe it's because of... All those things that I've mentioned, be it cultural, religion, you know, society, all those things have molded me into into believing and thinking that I'm definitely not that person. Um, Do you think subconsciously that um, it it is a form of survival? 
you know, like whether it's, you know, being able to have sex with a woman or be able to act this way, or do these things that subconsciously it's really just it's just just trying you know, survival, like making sure that you can can fit in in this in this mold that's that has become you. Do you think that do you think that's true? Without a doubt, without a doubt, you've just made a, a very, very, very important point there. It is definitely without a doubt because your biggest fears, and and I think this is a, as an overall, most gay people would say this, and I've heard it from many, no matter what their journey was. Your biggest fear is is not being loved. Your biggest fear especially when you're younger too, your biggest fear is not being accepted, especially by the people that are supposed to love you unconditionally, especially by the people that you believe are the ones that are supposed to protect you and, 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 and have your back no matter what. And of course, because it is survival, because you know, or, or your fears are that, well, you're not going to be accepted and you're going to be disowned or you could be, you know, killed in some places around the world or, 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 or imprisoned. Um, so, of course, those fears are real and they and, and they push you to a point where you do put yourself in that position because you don't want to lose any of that. And, and it's, a, it's a real fear. It, it definitely is. And, of course, um, it is survival at the end of the day, um, do without you- a doubt. Do you, um, cause, and, and with that, um, there are three points I want to touch on one, the coming out experience or, you know, what the coming out experience was like. Well, when you number, I guess a few things, number one, when you, when and how you finally, uh, decided, um, you know, this is it. I have to come out the circumstance, what happened, how your family reacted, how, how you did, um, how your wife reacted. And, and by the way, if you don't mind, how old are you now? I'm 45. And how long have you been out? Nearly five years. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's not a whole lot of time. And that's a lot of time. That's a lot of your life being, being in the closet. That's like what I was telling you about Andreas, the late in life gay. Um, so yeah, so those are the mm-hmm. points I want to touch on. So uh, tell me about the circumstances when and how you finally said, this is it. I, I got it. I got to do this. I got to come out. Well, Look, I, I um I would say more in my kind of mid-ish thirties is when the the feelings were surfacing a lot more and the struggle that that was pretty much the journey, if I could call it, the start of the the real struggle, the all that internal struggle and battle, and that's when I started withdrawing and and she, you know my wife would notice it and and you know. I, I would even make excuses to always say I'm tired or, or, you know, whenever we'd have to have sex. But I mean, but obviously it wasn't as extreme at the start. It was like slowly happening more and more over time. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the time where I was trying to work out who I am. And I, I went to a lot of therapy and, and psychiatrists and everything, but, you know, leading up to coming out without, before I mentioned anything because I didn't want to go mention something or say something, not because I wanted to lie. It's not about you being a liar. It's about you being able to say it to yourself first because I thought to myself, hang on, how can I say that I'm gay to my loved ones when 
I don't even know if I am. I don't even know who I am. I need to find out first because this is not, this is pretty serious. So once I do say it, I need to make sure I know what I'm saying here and I need to know that I'm 100% sure of who I am before I go out there and just say it because this is going to, you know, ruin lives really at the end of the day. And, and, um, so it took a few years where it wasn't, I wasn't my best self because I was, I was suicidal. I was an emotional wreck and well, just an absolute mess in general. Well, let I mean, me, I let me just, I, I just want to comment one thing you said. Um, yeah. When you say that, you know, this will ruin lives. Um, I know that in the moment, uh, that is a common, um, fear and thought that comes into any, anyone's mind in that situation. But I would hope that, and I know you've been through this healing process, um, to kind of come out on the other side of it, but I, I would just hope that you would, you and anybody else, um, would, would eventually realize that lives may, may be ruined. They may not, but a better way to a healthier way, maybe to look at it, um, would be to say that, you know, lives are going to be seriously impacted, not necessarily ruined because anybody can come out, come out on the other side of it. I'm I'm just saying that so that it would release so much of a burden off of you and anyone else that is preparing, if that makes any sense. I totally agree with you. And the only reason why I said the word ruin is because when you're caught up in your own head at that moment with the fear that is that is so overwhelming and, and overtakes every part of you, you do think that way. Sure. And this is why I was going to eventually get to that point where to show people that no lives are not ruined. If anything, you are bettering everyone else's life that's that's involved and part of this. So including right. yourselves, right. Your, your your own life. So um but but when you're caught up at that moment at, in, in that phase in that period of, of your life you you only think the worst and you only think that lives are ruined and everything's like not worth living for and right. all those the worst of thoughts and feelings but it's always the case because you're in the darkest place that you could ever be right um at, at that point but then eventually with time and time heals and like the saying says, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, but you don't see that light at that point. So you only, you're only in darkness at that point and you're, you don't see beyond that, but it, it definitely lives do not get ruined. Um, and I'll definitely get to that point later, but, um, uh, so for me thinking that, you know, lives are going to be, I needed to make sure that I knew who I was, first before i shared it with anybody else i needed to be able to share it with myself right and when i got to that point when when i realized and 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 i was able to say to myself you know what this this is who i am i i'm gay i've i've hidden it since i was as far as i could my memory could ever go to be honest so i couldn't put an age on it but i know i would have been at least you know five six seven years old or somewhere around there um you know so i've hidden it for a long time and and it took a lot of work for me to be able to accept it and to face it and to and to embrace it at the same time and to love myself because 
that that is the biggest challenge in all of this too is accepting ourselves and loving ourselves for who we are and realizing that we can't change it you know it's not a choice it's not uh you know a choice of vanilla or chocolate ice cream this is this is something you can't change and you have to accept it and love it for what it is no different to you accepting yourself for whatever race you're born into or you know skin color or or whatever it is, those things, we cannot change them. And right. you got to love yourself for who you are. And and when I got to that point, I realized um, I had to face it and I had to say it. I couldn't live another day knowing that I'm living a lie because from that point when I came to terms with it and I realized who I was, from that point on, any day that I delayed was a lie for me mm. because – that's when I realized who I really was. So if I'm not going to speak it now, well, then I'm lying now. Mm. That's, whereas prior to that, it wasn't a lie because I didn't know who I was. There was nothing to be honest about or lie about because there was so much confusion. There was, you know, but when I got to that point where I, that was my truth and I realized it and I accepted it and and I, you know, that's when I realized, well, from here on in, if I don't speak my truth, well, I'm lying. I, I was just about to say, you know, the opposite of the truth is a lie. And if you're not living your truth, then ultimately you're lying. Totally, totally. And then I, I, I realized I had to I had to speak it out loud to the people that I love and to my, you know, after I'd done it to myself. And, and then... I knew there were going to be massive consequences, massive consequences in the fact that, well, first of all, I didn't know how anybody would react. I didn't know how my kids were going to react. That was my biggest fear. Well, the good yeah. news, the good news so, is, is that they've, they've grown, they're growing up as teenagers now in an era where, you know, there's, there's so much more diversity and inclusion and things like that. So, Totally, totally. I mean, a completely different generation and, um, in a, in a good way. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't know. My biggest fear was losing my kids because I am so attached to my kids. Like, they are my world. They are, they are everything to me. And, and um, my whole life is dedicated for them. And for me, that was my biggest fear. And um, I didn't know what the reaction was going to be. I, you know... I didn't know what how my wife was going to react. You know, I I was, um, you know, it's, it's she's a person that I've always loved from the bottom of my heart and 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 care for and and she's the mother of my children. Um, you know, so for me, she was a main concern. Also, you know, of I I didn't want her to think that I lied or I I I took her along on on a on a on a on a lie a false journey that wasn't real because every part of our life was real yeah um every part of our, our life it wasn't there was no um you know me loving her and me be, being a husband and a father that was all real it wasn't yeah a lie it's just that yeah, there's so many ways you can love her as you, as the wife, as the mother of your children, as your partner in crime, as your life partner who you share a dwelling with, who you share a, a life vision with and, and go through the fire with. I mean, those things are real and, and, and shouldn't be reduced to just, you know, one's sexual orientation, you know? Yeah, totally. And yeah, I, I, um, how did she react? Eventually. 
Um, well, I recorded a video. So, and it, it was like a 30-minute video. It wasn't just about, you know, hey, I'm gay. There was, you know, a lot of things that I shared with my family and the people that I love that I wanted to wanted to show that video to that that I've never shared with them in my entire life. So there were many things that I shared with them in that video and it, it, it was a, a very, very hard video to make. It was very emotional. It was I I, I mean I kept um you know, recording it so many times and deleting because I was an absolute mess and I got to the point where I realized, well, I can't do it any other way because every time I start recording and talking, I was just an emotional wreck and I just eventually just left it at that because I, I you know, I knew that it, it wasn't going to change every time I deleted and try to record it again. It wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be able to just talk without any emotions. It was just impossible because a lot of, pain and 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 hurt and and also guilt in some way because nevertheless although it wasn't my intent or my um you know i didn't go out of my way to 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 hurt somebody or to drag them along but nevertheless my sexuality caused you know heartache and 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 and, well the secret you know pain and the secret and the of it. secret of course so regardless so yeah so me, the sexuality wasn't really in my mind i don't think that was what caused the pain it was really the secret um you know not being able to live it right well yeah it's a mixture of things a mixture of emotions and things that come all together i suppose but um yeah so yeah i um i recorded a video but i i did things um I didn't show her first. It was it was preparing a couple of people that I trusted in my life. That a couple of my cousins actually, who I thought, okay. So what I did, me personally, was every important person in my life leading up to my coming out. What I did was, I would pretty much visualize every important person that I considered to be important in my life, and I would sit there and analyze them and think, okay. This person is religious, tick. This person, I've heard them made a homophobic comment in their life, X. You know, this person is very loving and caring and empathetic, tick. Do you know what I mean? I did that with every single person. Like that went on for weeks. And I thought, okay, this is the person I'm going to tell. And this is the person I'm going to tell. I'm not going to tell this person, that person, that person, because I'm going to leave them now to the side for now. I need support. I need to feel like, I need to feel like this is a person that's going to show me a little bit of support because I'm going to have to face the world here. I've got a massive challenge on hand and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And, um, yeah, so a a couple of cousins that I showed, one, uh, you know, kind of turned against me that I thought wouldn't. Um, And unfortunately, religion starts coming into it. (laughs) So... Um, and then the one that I was also a little bit iffy about turned out to be amazing and, um, was my biggest support. And, you know, we met up, sat in a park for like six hours and I was just pouring my heart out and just crying and, 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 and talking. And he was like hugging me and kissing me. And he's your, you know, typical macho straight kind of guy. And, and he's like, you know, just hugging me and, and kissing me and crying and, and, and he's like, well, it's not the end of the world. He kept saying to me, it's not the end of the world. 
He goes, at the end of the day, you know, you'll be today's story. It'll be someone else tomorrow. Right. You've you got to live your life and you've got to live and do what's right for you because if you don't, you're only getting one shot at this life and you're not going to get it back. That's so true. And um, he was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. And he turned around to me, can I also say, because the thing that shook me up so much, because he's got a disabled son who's really sick and uh, he, what he's got is uh, is a hundred percent mortality rate. So, oh, man. you know, they, he's got his son's got muscular dystrophy, and I'm his son's godfather. And his son, that what his son's got, pretty much they don't live past the age of twenty one, twenty two at most. Oh. And when he looked at me crying, he goes to me, he goes, "I wish I was in your shoes." I would swap for your life any day and I wish it was me who was gay coming out and not having to bury my son eventually. Oh. Um, and that kind of put things into perspective. And that's when he said to me, it's not the end of the world. And that kind of shook me up and I thought, my God, he's so right. Like, yep. I am blessed. I, you know, I, I, yeah. And that, that really, um, yeah, that really, um, really did shake me up, to be honest. And, and and then that's when I built the courage to to take that next step. The following day, I called one of um, my wife's sisters and I said to her, look, I need to see you. And I had to prepare someone from her family because so that way she's got the support. I thought because I didn't know how it was going to go, I needed to make sure at least one person from her family um, oh, that's unique. Would know about it first, so that way they're ready just in case. So yeah, called one of my ex sisters in law and I took her for a drive and handed over my phone to her. Played my video and um, and yeah, I won't get too much into that side of things. What happened there? But um, well, was it a, a positive or a negative went, experience? Well, it was positive at the time, but then um, you know. She, she was crying and she came out of the car, hugged me and I love you and all that stuff and then haven't spoken to her since. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> well, she never spoke to me since, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, then, so the next day, I pretty much organized for the kids to not be at home and then played the, the video for my wife um, on the TV, like I, I pretty much downloaded the video on the USB, plugged uh-huh. it in the TV, played it. For her. I sat outside. I it went on for like the video goes on for like twenty eight minutes, and then I um literally standing outside and just shaking and crying. And I think I smoked a whole pack of cigarettes in that twenty eight minutes. Wow. Um, that that's how much I was freaking out because I knew that you know. Um, I was trying to count in my mind, like, how, how long would it take for her to get to that point where I say I'm gay? So before I even got to think whether she's at that point where, where, where I said I'm gay, all I could hear inside was, like, just things breaking and glass breaking and God knows what. And I realized at that, that oh. point that she's obviously gotten to that point where she's heard I'm gay. And, um, oh, shit. So yeah, she was, was pissed. Mess. <laughs> wow. It was an absolute mess. Oh, I'm surprised her sister um, didn't tell her before you got a chance to show the video. No, no, she wanted me to tell her, and she just wanted to be there ready for backup. So she was like, "You call me straight away as soon as 
if anything goes really bad. So, yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah. And I don't want to really get into the whole story of what went on. No, you don't have it's to. A, it's a very... It's a very long story. It's not that I don't want to share it, but it's a very long story anyway. A lot happened. Right. Um, well, did you find yourself, are you in a better place as co-parents? Oh, totally. Well, this is what, because, so this is what I didn't want to harp on about what happened. I don't want people to think that, because this could scare a lot of people too, because they think that, like when I said, um, you know, you're ruining people's lives, because I, I don't want people to think it's... It, you know, things are dark and, and ugly and, and they're going to stay that way because they don't. So fast forward a year and a half, you know, I, she was a woman that I thought would be my enemy for the rest of my life. Um, things started turning around about a year and a half after I'd come out and slowly but surely we were starting to communicate a lot better and there was a lot more respect and then she was starting to see the bigger picture and understand it a little bit better and, and, and you know, things were becoming a lot more clearer to her. Um, and then, like I said, fast forward some time, patience is what's required, obviously, on my behalf also and um, now we are best friends, like more than best friends. We are closer than what we ever were in those 20 years. I mean, from being a slightly type of a homophobic person to to turning into the biggest advocate and support, she is my rock and my support and my go-to for everything right now. Um, we are so close. I share with her absolutely everything. I see her or at least talk to her daily. Um, wow, that's awesome. And she only lives like a five-minute walk away from me, so I'm literally in and out of her house nonstop. Um, and... The relationship is phenomenal. Like, honestly, amazing. I, I'm, yeah, I feel so blessed. I really do because um, I never thought in a million years it would turn out the way it did. And she's moved on. She's got a partner, um, and he is amazing. I absolutely love him. I was on the phone with him for two hours also earlier um, today, and um, like, he honestly is my best friend and my brother. Like, that's how close I am with him. Um, wow. I mean, I could go on and on and on. People would not believe it. It almost feels, sounds like um, some Hollywood movie. It does not sound like reality, um, the way our relationship is. Uh, it, it's just crazy. Well, it didn't and happen overnight, crazy. you know? It no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, time. right. In fact, I don't know if you ever, I'm sure you get it in Australia, but um, one of my favorite shows is 911 on Fox with. Uh, uh, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah and, you know, um, Angela Bassett and her husband, I mean, spoiler alert, <laughs> they had to go through that same same journey to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just and uh, it's just pretty amazing. So, um, OK, so. You're out, right? So are you finally come out. Now, prior to this, you have never, ever had uh, any sort of sexual encounter with a man before, right? Well, no. So the, the part when, when I said in my mid-30s-ish, when I kind of started realizing, hang on, this is surfacing more and more, mm-hmm. I did kind of, I don't know if you want to call it an experiment, but tried to experiment to kind of see who I am, what I am, right. where, where do I fit? 
you know, all that stuff. But when I say experiment, I mean, I it was very light, basic stuff. It was things that I think a lot of people generally do when they're young teenagers. Um, it was more, you know, just the kind of, you know, allowing someone to grab my penis or to, um, you know, maybe masturbate me or try the odd thing here and there. And, and, and that would freak me out, to be honest. Well, do you want to talk about the, it or not really? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I could, I could talk about it. Yeah. Uh, set the scene. How, you know, how did this begin? Who was it? Well, I don't know who it was. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> no one that I knew. But um, so total random. Uh, Were you cruising or you found them online? Well, I wasn't intentionally cruising. This is the thing. I didn't even know, understand what cruising really was properly. So I was walked into a, a public toilet and with no intention at all and at the urinals and um, and another guy just comes up and standing there and then pretty much that's how it kind of all started and and then uh he walked up to me and then kind of grabbed me and and then I, I was obviously aroused and freaking out at the same time scared and uh, mixed mixed emotions um excitement and and it, it just felt right it just felt it felt good it felt right but but, but the fear was so overwhelming also well, good thing you didn't um, end up with the the George Michael treatment, you know, when he went into. <laughs> thank God that didn't yeah. happen. Then that would have really rocked your world in a bad way. It, 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 it bloody would have. Let me tell you, especially at a time where you're still not sure of yourself and you're already, you know, I was so scared at that point in my life and still not not certain. Nothing was certain to me. So yeah, that would have really changed. I reckon everything. <laughs> um, but and this was only five years ago. Wow. Oh, no more, because I've been out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You've only been out for five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try it. So, yeah. okay, so, okay, you're out, right? And um, let's fast forward a little bit. So, your first, what was your first sexual experience like after you came out? How long had it been since after you came out? And did you? Yeah. Well, my, to be honest, my, um, I, I was, I pretty much ended up in a relationship straight away as as soon as I came out. Oh wow, how did that? So I I I didn't really have a chance to go out there and explore, you know, the gay world, so to speak. Um, I mean, I had never in my life gone anywhere near the main gay strip in Sydney, day or night. I'd never seen it. I, I mean, I'd only seen Mardi Gras on the news on TV, like when they put it on the news or snippets of it. But you've heard I, tales, never, you've heard stories, you've heard the lore, but you've never yeah, seen it. No, never, never. I've never been to the main street. Like it's called Oxford street is where the main street, where all the gay clubs and bars and, you know, in Sydney, I'd never seen it. I'd never been through it in my life. And, and, um, so, but I came out and, and ended up in a relationship straight away. And, um, uh, yeah. So I never gave my chance that, myself that chance to to explore and to to know okay well this is my new world now this is my new life where do i fit in it what what is it that i desire what type of guys do i really desire like what is it that i 
that I want from this. I mean, I, I didn't really give it that much of a chance, to be honest. So uh, it was more, yeah, straight into a relationship. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I loved it. I loved it. I learned so much also. Um, it taught me many, many things, um, you know, be it, it – and one of the, the biggest thing that it taught me, to be honest, was that gay relationships are honestly no different to a hetero relationship. Right. Um, you know, for someone who was married to a woman for 20 years, you know, living the stereotypical, um, you know, suburban life, the father, the husband, you know, all those things, it honestly wasn't any different. It was so much the same. You know, you, you kind of – what I found in that experience of a relationship, like we were, we were automatically kind of playing roles that were it, – it's not like, you know, it wasn't just – assigned to you but you just naturally kind of you know would do a particular role and it kind of just worked and it's just like any any relationship um so yeah that's what surprised me to be honest because i did not know what to expect and i i had a different perception of what a gay relationship would be like i just didn't think it would be hey pretty much the same thing as being straight it's just with another man that's all it is right right um Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So just to kind of do a reset. Yep. Uh, so just from the little bit that I've known you, you seem to me of more and more like a, a relationship oriented person than rather just a thought out here in the streets, just, you know, fucking around. Is that it? I mean, I mean, not to say you don't have your hookups, but you just seem to be, am I wrong? Am I right on that? Or what? Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think you are. Um, because ever since I've been out, I've, um, I've pretty much been in relationships. The, this is the longest period that I've been single, which has been around a year and a year, maybe. Um, but mind you, in that last year and a bit, I've I've dated a few guys. It's like I'm always wanting to. Yeah, I definitely am a relate. To answer it in a nutshell, yeah, I definitely am more of a relationship type of guy. I like. But that. in saying that, I like having my fun. I. I do go out there. I do hook up. I, I'm not going to act. I don't have any gay apps, right. um, to be honest. I've deleted all of them ages ago. I just don't have an interest in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, yeah, I do hook up and I do, you know, uh, go out there and I'll do, uh, you know, and I'll kiss someone on a dance floor and I'll Aww. go out there with someone. I, I, I've, I've done all that. Um, I, I do all that, but I Deep down, I do. I am a relationship guy for sure. Yeah, no, I, I people would be surprised to know this, but I am actually myself a more relationship oriented person. I was just asking. Um, so whether it was in, so we talked about, you know, okay, there's the, you know, on this podcast, we we've got our sexy stories, we've got our fantasies, and we've got our confessions. So there's two things here. The first, it, it doesn't matter whether it was a hookup or whether you're in a relationship. Tell me the best sex you've... Well, wait a minute. Well, first off, um, we talked a little bit about this before uh, we started this, but um, I'm just going to ask you again for the listeners. So top or bottom? You're uh, top, right? Not verse or bottom, right? Well, I, I can't, I'm open to be verse when I'm in a relationship. Now, have you... Well, we'll get to whether you have or haven't done that before. Like, I know, you know, rimming is... Not, you like to rim. Getting rimmed is not the best in the world. And I must say, it's it's just because you haven't met me. That's really what it boils down to. 
Okay. No, I mean, no, that's like, that's, that's, I know that there are some out there that just don't like being rimmed. I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking about the ones that just like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I like it just because it hasn't been done right. Anyway, um, back to you. Obviously you like your coke sucked, right? Or you, do you say coke oh. dick? Oh, well, cock dick. Yeah. I love that. I love <laughs> I love that act when they say cock. Anyway. All right. Um, <laughs> Do you have any like? Do you have like any kinks or anything? Uh, kinks fetishes or anything like that? Uh, yeah, oh, God, I, I, I'd say everybody does, really, in a way. Um, but yeah, definitely, I'm. Um, I like taking a bit of a risk, and I am a person that, uh, obviously, in the right place, in the right time. And when I say in the right place, like, I'm, I, I love, I love the outdoorsy stuff. I, um, you know, on a beach or, or you know, just outdoors and kind of thing but i'm not stupid also i'm a person that scans my surroundings i mean not i'm not an idiot where if there's families or children or things like that I, when i say outdoors like you know i i make sure it's the right place and it's the you know so yeah i'm i'm into that and um yeah i've got some kinks where also you know if somebody's watching and, and i know that they're enjoying it be it whether it's you know uh, an, another apartment that's across from your apartment, they can look in and 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 you know that they're enjoying it. Well, yeah, that kind of turns me on. Um, Do you have any? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going, please. Yeah. No. Um, no. No. What were you going to ask? Sorry. Well, I think I know what the answer is. It'll make me sad, but I'm going to ask anyway. Do you? What about yeah. what about feet? What do you? What do you? What's your feeling about that? Uh, no, it's never been really a, a fetish of mine, to be honest. Have you have ever yet? I know that's the sad part. Have you ever had yours licked or, or sucked on or sniffed or anything like that? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. Well, what do they do to them? Oh, sucking on them. Um, it felt nice. Yeah, it did. Uh, sucking on my toes and my feet and it, it did feel nice, but it's not something that I, you know, can't wait for kind of a thing. Right, um, right. Yeah, like if it happens, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. Feels good, but yeah. I, so, well, I first of all, I've seen some images of you like sweaty at the gym, and and in those pictures, you looked you looked really more like a a nice but dominant kind of guy. Like I'm a nice guy, but I fuck you crazy when we're fucking. And like in my mind, I have this picture like untying your shoes after that nice workout, taking your shoes off. I am dominant, but. Mm-hmm. I'm very soft and very passionate. So, oh, I get that. For me, even yeah. So for me, even if it's a hookup, I'm not the type of guy that oh, I said I'm going to fuck the shit out of him and I'm walking. I'm very. I love touching and I love um, being very passionate and, and kissing and and you um, like eye contact I, too, I, don't I, you? And eye contact, I absolutely love it. And for me, I know this is going to sound a bit of a. I don't know how it's going to sound, but at the end of the day, I, I also love, even if it's a hookup, I still call it lovemaking. I, I still, yeah, I, it, there's always some, even with a hookup, there's always something special about connecting in that way with a person. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, so. You took me out of my, You first of all, you ripped me out of my fantasy very quickly, um, but that's okay. I'll forgive you. Um 
Because I was talking about, you know, taking your shoes off after the after the workout. Where was it going to go after taking shoes off? First of all, I was going to get a nice, a nice sniff of the socks before I take them off and give you a nice massage. I know that sounded more British than Australian, but I'm doing my best. But um, <laughs> but anyway, that's just what I see in my mind. And anyway, so whether I don't whether it was in a relationship or just a hookup, like what was the tell me about the hottest sex that you've ever had. And 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 if you're not I want detail and if you're not going to be detailed, I will interrupt and ask specific questions. Can I be honest and say, I can't believe I'm, you know, I've been out for nearly five years, but can I be honest and say, I think that the most sex that I have enjoyed was last night. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about it. It, it, Yeah, it was, it was exactly how I love it. And it was, it was just, there was a lot of passion and it was just really hot sex and it was just yeah for me it was it was amazing so yeah what do you want to know tell me (laughs) yeah so listeners i know some listeners like my questions some are like just shut up but no i'm going to help get him through this um so number one who was it a mutual friend that i've known for a couple of years he um so I, I see him – so the, the, our friends, they're a couple, a gay couple, and they they always host, like, house parties and things like that. And, you know, once every six months, eight months, whatever it is, there's something that goes on. So I only see that guy, you know, during those occasions. And, you know, when, whenever we're at their parties, we, you know, we chat, we this and that. And I, and I can always see that, you know, he flirts a bit with me. And, and What does he um, look like? For the most of it. Um, he's got olive skin. Uh, he comes from a Turkish cultural background. Um, born here. Uh, handsome, tall. Yeah. Athletic or athletic or dad bod or what? Yeah, okay. Athletic. Okay. Yeah. And, and what is yeah. your, what is your type, Andre? Like race, age, sex, and you know, no judgment here. I just like, you know, what is your typical guy? You know, cause I, I've been in some platforms with you and you seem to be a very, a pretty open kind of guy, but you know, I'm just asking. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I always do struggle with that question, to be honest. I really, really do because it's hard to say my type. It really is. I've, I even struggle answering it to myself because there are many, many times where I've looked at guys and I thought, Oh wow. Like, and and it's not someone that I would normally think that I would be attracted to. I honestly don't know. Sometimes I don't know until I see the guy. Yeah. And then and then I kind of does it make sense? When you say see him you mean until you're actually like in front of him engaging with him or you mean well, see him in a yeah, picture? Physically, uh, no, to actually see him in person. Right, right. Um, yeah. Is when I can kind of really say I'm attracted I like this guy. Like I'm attracted to him. Yeah, because I mean, like me, I think you, as you explained, you're, 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 first of all, you're more relationship oriented. So that says to me about the personality has to matter. There has to be some sort of uh, chemistry, some spark there other than, because I've seen guys, you know, look like ice sculptures or, you know, and, and did nothing for me versus someone who did not look like the typical hot, you know, hot guy at all. And was just like, mm. so 
it makes sense to me. Totally. And I've been in that position many times where, you know, the guy is like gorgeous and it just did nothing for me. And there are times where it could be a guy where, you know, he's considered to be, you know, average, so to speak. And it just, it, yeah, I, I'm just like wowed about them and for many reasons. So, yeah, so I, I honestly couldn't really say there's a specific type that this is what I like and I only like that type. Definitely not. I, I don't have that. Yeah, because, I mean, platforms we've been in, like, you know, there's been someone who was blonde or there's been a black guy or somebody there, and you and I'd hear you every now and then go, oof, or like, mm, oh, yeah, you know, whatever it is that you normally say. But, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so a friend that you met, okay. So was this at your place or his place? Oh, it was at his place last night. But the th- the thing is, I, I always knew that he was really attracted and, and because I, there was another friend in that circle that came up to me once, it was about a year ago, and said to me, I was about to leave to another party. So I was leaving that house party, going to another one. It was like two o'clock in the morning and I was already so drunk. And he came up to me to say to me, FYI, just letting you know before you walk out, that person he is really attracted to you and he goes on about you all the time. And I kind of left it at that and then walked off. And then um, about three weeks ago, I bumped into this guy at a nightclub um, in Sydney, a gay club. And we, you know, we, we just passed and we were kissing and all of that on the dance floor. And, and then we exchanged numbers and he was like, finally, we get to exchange numbers and um, and that was it. And then we we planned for last night to, to meet up and uh, went to his place and, and um, had a few drinks and and then yeah, we um, we knew it was coming, a long time coming. It's uh, the the sexual tension has been there for, for a while and um, the chemistry's been there, like you could, you just know, and and yeah, and and we ended up having amazing sex, and it was it was better what I or I wouldn't say better, but it was exactly what I fantasized and what I thought it would be with him. Um, so so Andre, I'm going to ask you a question, yeah. and this is okay. this may not see the podcast if you say no. I was thinking, what if you like take me through the play by play, you know, you'll sit back, get comfortable because I mean, you're still in that afterglow. You have to be, it was just last night and like, just, just relax and just kind of, you know, close your eyes. Don't be afraid to touch yourself and just take me, take me back through it. I want to, I want to live through this with you. What do you say? Okay. I'll, I'll do my best. No, you'll be you, you'll be fine, baby. Can I ask you a question? Would you be willing? You know, you don't have to show me your face or anything like that. Would you be willing to, while you're going through this, it would help me help you if I was able to just see a certain area while you were into this? Um. Oh wow. <laughs> No, I've never done anything like this. No, I trust. Oh, wow. I honestly, I think this is like the perfect 
instance, especially since it's just after um, the night after. And, you know, I did this with another guy, massive, like, because I don't know, you know, I always try to bring myself to somebody else's desires. I'm a pleaser that way. And so, you know, I was able to take him back to the situation to where he is with was with his daddy. And, you know, I want to I want to travel back there with you and, you know, kind of seeing you like it'd be naughty and fun. And let's let's just do it. Let's just try it. Oh wow! <laughs> and until and I and I mean this sincerely, until you say, "Hey, why don't you release it or whatever?" I'm not going to do that. Okay, is that cool, baby? Um, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, good. Um, cool. I don't know how to set this up. I don't know what to do. Okay, all right. Don't worry. I got this for you. Okay, are you on your laptop or your phone? Phone. Okay. Damn. Well, what you could do is like just you can, you can just prop your phone up in a, in a place where it's just it's just going to show from your you know like your neck down or something like that. You can just prop it up and then just sit back. And by the way, if you feel like it'll be too much work to try to not show your face, I would you know I'd find a way to blur or pixelate it. So if you don't want to have to think about that, then don't don't worry about it. Okay, perfect. All right, great. Okay, wonderful. That's perfect, mate. Wonderful. So. Last night, so you go to your friends and tell me what happens. Tell me what he, tell me what happens first. So we started kissing passionately, and mm-hmm. and um, you've got kissable lips, by the way, very kissable. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I love kissing, and I do too. Yeah, we we were. Then we um, went to his bedroom and. We're on the bed, just yeah, just really getting into it, and then he took my jeans off, and then was just touching me, and obviously I was getting really aroused. And where was he touching you? Just just all over my body. Actually, he was touching me everywhere, but my but my cock, mm. and just really teasing and turning me on. I like that. And then he um then we um I kinda grabbed him and you know took his shorts off and we you know still I was kissing the back of his neck and Izzy's and and we were in the spooning position and I I love being the big spoon yeah and um, I love how your cock is growing while you're thinking about it um oh yeah and I was just rubbing myself up against his hole oh yeah that's a nice thick meaty cock there yeah and I bet it felt good on his hole too. It felt good. Yeah. I, I just couldn't wait to slide it in, to be honest. Yeah. Well, let me stop for a minute. I just want to just think about that fat head of your cock up against his fucking hole. Just wanting to just slide in there. That pre-cum, I bet, was starting to form on the tip of your cock. I bet his fucking hole was starting to pulsate because he could just feel it. I know he wanted it. 
I bet he did. Was his hole smooth? Did it have a little hair on it or what? Ooh, that smooth skin. Mm, that smooth skin of his little tight hole waiting for you. So then what happened? And then I was trying to slide it in. He, um, he looped my cock and then looped his hole and grabbed my cock and then directed it pretty much right onto his hole. And Ooh. while we were in the spooning position, just slid it in. Mm. And I bet that felt amazing just slipping into that wet hole like that, huh? It, it did. I bet he was nice it and really tight, did. wasn't he, Andre? He was, actually. Let's imagine this, yeah. Feel the tightness of his hole around your cock right now. Yeah. Yeah, since his hole was lubed, why don't you get your hand lubed up? Why don't you spit on your hand or something? Yeah, to get it nice and wet. Yeah, baby, that's right. Yeah. And grip it as tight as you need to to fill his fucking tight hole. Oh. Feel it squeeze you, Andre. Feel his fucking hole squeeze you. And then what happened next, Andre? I was fucking him. Yeah, and do, you, do you fuck him hard? I was fucking him hard. And then I'd do it really passionately and soft. And, and I was kissing him and just kissing his neck and ears. Yeah. And I bet he was getting nice and sweaty and as you were kissing his skin. Arms around him at the same time, just pulling him towards me. And oh, yeah. I just... Yeah. Making all those moan sounds and everything. Fuck yeah. Yeah, his moans were turning me on. I was just getting harder and harder the more he'd moan. Hey, Andre, while you're fucking him, do you mind if I suck on your nipples? No, I don't. Hello. I like the taste of your nipples, Andre. I can see why they're so sensitive. So fucking firm. Yes, baby. Yeah, feel me suck. Yeah, feel me suck, baby. Feel Naughty's lips on those fucking beautiful brown nipples. Oh, I've been wanting to suck them ever since you told me how sensitive they are. Oh, gosh. Mm. Fuck, Andre. You like the way I do that, baby? Yeah, you like the way I suck those nipples, baby? Yeah. Mm. I can tell your dick likes it. You're such a passionate lover. That's what I love so much about you. Me being so jealous, just imagining you fucked that guy. Oh, gosh, wishing it was you and me. Fucking so hard. Just imagining what his fucking hole was feeling like. Mm, imagining all the fucking orgasmic pleasure you were giving him. He's wanted it so long, Andre. He's wanted your fucking cock in that ass so long. And you gave it to him, didn't you? Yeah? 
Yeah, you mm-hmm. give it to him good, baby. Yeah. He felt that big spoon. All right. Harder and harder. Deep inside him, just kissing him passionately. Oh, I can just feel you kissing him. Yeah, his salty, sweaty neck as you're fucking him so hard. Oh, yeah, making that bed just fucking squeak. I can just fucking imagine it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, did you stay in spoon position or did you change positions? Oh, was my name spoon. Oh, yeah. We went on and on. We went on for ages. Oh, man. I was... Yeah, just keep pinching those nipples, baby. Matter of fact, I want you to feel me. I want you to feel me sucking on your nipples. So will you wet your fingers for me? Yeah. Yeah, so you can feel the wetness of my tongue on your nipple. That's it. Tease that nipple, baby. Tease that fucking nipple. You're so sexy. Yeah, Andre, tease that fucking nipple. Let Naughty take care of those fucking nipples while you fuck him. Mm, Baby. was to fuck and get fucked at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to stick my dick in right behind as you're fucking him. Yeah. You gonna let me inside your hole, Andre? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be good. I'll treat you nice. I know how to be passionate. Kissing the back of your neck. Sliding inside of your tight fucking hole. Oh, you're so fucking tight. Yeah, you like feeling me inside you? Yeah? Tell me you like it. Yeah, tell me you like it. Yeah, baby. Yeah, once you touch, just touch your hole. Just touch it, baby. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, baby. Oh, you feel so good and tight. You feel so fucking good. Yes. I'm loving this. Mm. Yeah, don't stop. Feel me fucking hit that prostate. Oh, there it is, right there. Oh, clenching on my fucking cock. Yeah, you like that, Andre? Yeah, me fucking pinching your nipples from behind while I fuck you and kiss you. Yeah. Kiss my beautiful man. Yeah, the three of us having a beautiful fucking hot, beautiful lovemaking. Hot, passionate lovemaking. Harder and rougher. The room filled with nothing but our fucking moans. That's it, baby, yes. Yeah, that's right. Don't be afraid to moan. Yes, baby. Oh, Andre. Fuck, I love being inside you, baby. Yeah, stay inside him too, baby. That's right. Fuck yeah, the three of us together. Fucking bodies connected. Love making. Come on, baby, harder. Yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah, clinch me with your hole. That's it, Andre, baby. Fuck. Oh, 
Um, I said, kiss the back of your neck. Mm. Oh, your lips taste so good, Andre, baby. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I love the way you stroke your cock like that. Just like that. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, you want us to fuck harder? You want harder lovemaking, baby? Yeah, you want it more passionate? Yeah. Mm. The three of us kissing each other. Mm. Yeah, our tongues fucking licking each other. Oh, baby. It's so beautiful. This is so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for letting me in. Thank you for trusting me and letting me in. Oh, yeah. Yes, baby. Yes. Don't stop. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh, yeah, stay in it, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, stay in that afterglow, baby. Fuck, yeah. Oof. Hmm. Oh yeah. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Stand that after glow, baby. There's no rush. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking passionate. Oh fuck. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Ooh, how was it, baby? Good. Oh yeah, I can tell. <laughs> oh man oh fuck looks like we made a mess um <laughs> so did <laughs> oh man that was nice that was fun that was seeing you as soon as you blew that just made me I just lost it see you didn't think you were gonna get it. you didn't think you were gonna be able to pull it off I'm telling you I've got I've I've, I've got talents <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, but I can tell it worked and, you know, and I just love the fact that it, it further lets me know that you're, you, you know, listeners, Andre, I can just tell just from being around him. And as much as I've talked with him, he has got, I can tell you have such a big heart. I can tell it. The thing that made him like he blew his load as soon as I said, thank you for trusting me and letting me in. I don't know if you realize that, but that's exactly when you started to blow. Mm-hmm. And, and and to me, that says so much about you, you know, trust. And ah, that was just, this was beautiful. You know, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been wanting to jump your bones. Yeah, but this is so much better than any of that. I I felt genuine connection. And I thank you. I thank you for allowing me into the beautiful experience you had last night, letting me play with you, trusting me enough to let me watch you. Um that 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 means everything and i appreciate that yeah no worries <laughs> you got kind of at a loss for words now <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> i know you were all talkative earlier. i mean i could have just like just let you just go on and on for hours just talking and now you're just like yeah yeah duh. <laughs> no no it's just uh, <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad. Yeah. You, I, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it too. And I think what you have done, I think you have done something that is so healing for so many people telling your story. I'm thankful. And this reminds me that my platform is, is, is so much more than, than what I thought and that it can really be helpful because you know, this, you know, Andre, people are listening to this all over the world. I mean, like I can see the countries that people are listening to this and I do have a lot of Australia fans. Um, and unfortunately not everybody is as lucky as you and me, you know, they may live in a place where it's just too dangerous to come out, but, um, Hopefully yeah, this gives, one. yeah. So hopefully, and you know, I think this podcast gives many men this this some escapism, and hopefully it can give them enough hope to get out of whatever situation they may be in. Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much for this, my man. I've enjoyed this so much. Do you have um, any last words? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want pe- the people to know? Uh, not not really, to be honest. I, I, I mean, I, th- I think I've touched on a lot of stuff, and no, not really. Sorry, folks, the connection died before we could close out the interview. I hope you found that stimulating and inspiring. If so, don't forget to follow the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Audio for Men to see the kind of things that turn me on. Check out the podcast on Reddit and leave comments on episodes. And if you have a sexy story, fantasy, or confession, then shoot me an email at NaughtyAudioForMen at gmail.com. Check the show notes for all this information. Happy jacking and have a happy new year.